Morning from the Financial Times. I'm Mark Filipino coming to you with a very special edition of the FT News Briefing. So a couple of weeks ago, the FT held its annual weekend festival at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. And the briefing got to do a live show there, which was very different for me, but it was, honestly, it was really fun. In fact, we had so much fun, we wanted to make sure that you all had the opportunity to hear it. It's got a news-themed game show and a preview of a new FT podcast coming out later this month. So, without further ado, here we go. So, to my left is U.S. Managing Editor Peter Spiegel. Let's round of applause for Peter Spiegel. Woo! Woo! Peter Spiegel, I think, is the guy who signs my paycheck. So, <laughs> Peter Spiegel is today's winner. Congrats, Peter. Thank you, Mark. Another ground rule. There are no points. There are no winners. There are no losers. Wait, that's, that wasn't told. No, sorry about that. Uh, I'm a millennial, so everyone's going to get a participation trophy, and we're all going to go up for ice cream. We also have Janine Gibson. Hello. Who is the new editor of FT Weekend. Welcome. This is your house now. Kind of. How do you feel to be in your new post? Well, it's quite daunting because Alex's done quite a good job. Look at all these lovely people. Yeah. No pressure. You have to win. Hillary Clinton's coming. Have you seen that? that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised people are here so early and also going to make that. So like, that's kudos to you guys. And lastly, we have Ethan Wu, who writes our Unhedged newsletter, which is about markets. And he's also releasing the Unhedged podcast on June 13th. That's right. After our trivia round, we're going to talk a little bit about that podcast. Peter and Janine are going to gracefully leave the stage so we can do that. Gracefully. Gracefully. So, getting to the game. Our first round is called Quote Quiz. And what I am going to do is I'm going to read a quote, and you are going to have to determine whether it is from an actual U.S. politician or if it's from the TV show Veep. <laughs> Starring Julia Louis Dreyfus, which came out in 2012, so this is a little dated. Bear with me. Can we just say also that none of us up here have any idea what you're doing? So oh yeah, no, this is, okay. they have no clue what the questions are. This is all fresh or even to them. What the games are? Okay. Yeah. So the first quote is: Who else has a bucket full of senators? Who else has a bucket full of senators? Now you have to tell me if that's a U- real U.S. politician who said it, or if it's from the TV show Veep. Do, I, do we jump do in? Buzz? Yeah, sure, buzz. Raise your hand, whatever you want. All right, so famously Mitt Romney said, binder fill of women. Uh-huh. I suspect it is a riff on that, so I'm going to say Veep. Ethan? I'm going with Veep. Janine? I don't think it's sweary enough for Veep, because oh. although I'm British and I don't listen to American politicians all the time, I have seen Veep many, many times, so I'm going to say real. Really? Okay. So the answer is Veep, and we actually have the clip that we're going to play. <laughs> that door should be half its height so that people can only approach me in my office on their mother knees. I can't lose Doyle. Who else has a bucket full of senators? <laughs> Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Hope you were ready for that. That's right. And in fact, it is based, because this did come out in 2012, this is based off Mitt Romney's comment of, you go. you're going down here. Fine, but I feel vindicated. <laughs> if he'd done the full quote, I would have Fair known. Enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> They'll be much more complete from here. So, question two. The second quote of the day is, this is not a First Amendment issue because we're not trying to ban booty videos. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Do I have to go first again? I'm going yeah. real. I'm going real. Real. Right yeah. Okay. There's 500 people in the house. Someone said something like that. Okay. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with real as well. Fine. I will go against the grain and say Veep okay, because Veep. I'm already losing. It is real. Hey. It is <laughs> okay, Florida okay. Senator 
Marco Rubio. Yeah, it checks out. Yeah. And it is from uh, the, the about, it's about TikTok. So we have that, that clip. We'll play that now. This is not a First Amendment issue because we're not trying to ban booty videos. <laughs> I don't know if there's a better term for it, but that's not what we're trying to ban. Funnily enough, Marco Rubio is an expert on booty videos. Booty videos, that was, yes. that was, that was not well known. Yeah. For the third quote, I love Venn diagrams. It's just something about those three circles. I love Venn diagrams. It's just something about those three circles. I, I think that was me in the third grade. <laughs> that's I not can fair. Hear, you don't do Ethan quotes. I can hear Julia Louis-Dreyfus for saying that. I uh -huh. think that's okay. Veep. So Veep. I'm going Veep. Veep. I'll, I'll, now it's my turn to go against the grade. I think that's probably real. Okay. It is actually the real vice president, mm. Kamala Harris. Oh, let's play that. I love Venn diagrams. <laughs> I really do. I love Venn diagrams. It's just something about those three circles. <laughs> I mean, Venn diagrams are two circles. Are you sure it's, that isn't V? <laughs> it's so wholesome. I don't even know what the context is, but it just it feels like something out of Parks and Recreation. Okay, so after the first round, someone I think is winning, but I don't know who. So we're going to go to the second round. I think, I think it's very I think important not to keep score. No, 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 I'm winning. You're winning? Yes. Yeah. Spiegel's winning. <laughs> round of applause for Peter Spiegel. Oh. Peter Spiegel. <laughs> the second round is two truths and a lie, or as we like to call them in DC, alternative facts. <laughs> um, so I'm going to take a little break here because I've embarrassed myself enough. And you guys are going to read the first question. So that's the one on the top. And then you'll have to determine which one uh, is the alternative fact. Do I start? Sure do. All right, first question. A video has been widely shared from King Charles III's coronation in London that shows a shaded figure in the congregation of Westminster Abbey that has been described on social media as the Grim Reaper. A number of others suggested the figure could have been the spirit of Charles's ex-wife, Princess Diana, or his mother, Queen Elizabeth II. Hmm. Ethan. Opinion polls for King Charles III were suffering leading up to the coronation. Hundreds of thousands of people on social media claim to have seen an image of the Virgin Mary in Charles' robes. They all say that, the, uh, one, the dots resemble the Mother of Christ, and it was a message from the king. Janine. Mm. Uh, Welsh composer Sir Carl Jenkins has denied claims he was the Duchess of Sussex in disguise during his viral appearance at the king's coronation. <laughs> Okay. One of these is true? Or One of these is the lie. Oh. Two of them are true. Two of them are true. <laughs> Two truths and a lie. Yikes. Oh, no. What was yours again? <laughs> okay, what so to yours? recap, we've got the Grim Reaper. Yeah, Grim yeah. Reaper. We've got the Virgin Mary in the robes. And I've got Carl Jenkins. And I've got Carl Jenkins in the... In the, in the <laughs> so I'm going to go with Ethan as the lie. Okay. Virgin Mary just seems a little bit too Catholic for the Church of England. Okay. Yeah. That I, that, that, that's what I was thinking, too. And they're Protestants. Janine? I know this one is true because I am British. And fair. I watched all of the coronation and Carl Jenkins was all we looked at. He was the... I'll show you a picture. He was the mad hair and moustache, sat next to Andrew Lloyd Webber, and the camera just kept cutting to him as everyone in the and she went, who the hell is that? Wait, yeah. are, you allowed, that is? are you allowed to bring actual knowledge to this quiz show? I, That's I, I not guess, fair. Well, I'm just, I'm not in the audience. You can cut it out. So, <laughs> so, that is, the lie is the Virgin Mary in the uh, robes. Uh, uh, and we actually have a, a clip of the Carl Jenkins thing. <laughs> so we're going to play that now. You don't need to see it now. I've described it. Yeah, I'm surprised that some people thought it was Meghan Markle in disguise. Someone wrote to us there, whoever I was, was there to steal the crown jewels. <laughs> I look this way all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love this story oh my God. so much. Me and my producer were writing this, these questions, 
and we could not stop laughing at this poor, poor man who had to take to TikTok <laughs> to, explain to clear things up. <laughs> he's a really illustrious composer and very, very good. Yes, but true. he's also now Meghan Markle. Now he's in the sky. Meghan Markle in disguise, <laughs> who apparently was trying to steal the crown jewels. <laughs> of course. Okay, second question of this round. You guys take it away, Peter. Okay. Twitter co-founder Jack Dorsey has launched a new rival to Twitter called Blue Sky. Users on Blue Sky have started calling posts on Blue Sky skeets, which is a combination of sky and tweet. This has upset Elon Musk, who in retaliation this week announced that tweets will now be called scoots until Blue Sky forces a name change. The Bluebird logo on Twitter's homepage and loading screen has been replaced with the Shiba Inu image associated with the Dogecoin meme coin cryptocurrency. The official Dogecoin account tweeted in response, very currency, wow, much coin, how money, so crypto. <laughs> uh, Twitter's press email address is active again, at least to some extent. Going forward, it will automatically reply to journalists' inquiries with a single poop emoji. All right, guys, what do you think? God, I think all of those I, are true. I think <laughs> that's they all true, sound isn't true. it? The no, I think the dog is true. I've seen yeah. that on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I think this the, is true. I think the Skeets thing is true, too. I think it is true, too. I think are you... Are you Okay, is it, so okay, mm. so re are you guys registering? Yeah. yeah, you guys, this is it. The skeets thing is you think it's true. Okay, so the skeets thing is partially true. They are do they are called skeets on Blue Sky. Oh, Elon, Elon Musk did Musk not oh. yeah. rename tweet tweets. Skeets. So no points for anyone. No points for anyone. Uh, no ice cream for anyone. That wasn't fair. I'm hard. sorry. Yeah. They can't all be winners, right? All right no paycheck next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, the third round is about markets, and the first clue that we're going to give actually features. Our colleague, Katie Martin. We'll play that now. There we go. Hi, I'm Katie Martin. I'm the markets editor here at the FT in London. And my question for you today is, back in March, the London Metal Exchange discovered that a bunch of bags that it thought were full of nickel were in fact full of something else. What was it? I, I think the answer is also nickel, but of a different grade. It, it was not the industrial grade nickel that's traded on the on the London Metals Exchange. I'm going to say depleted uranium. <laughs> that's a bold one. Did not did not I think mean, that Brits, was going to be the principle of like misplaced radioactive things. I I'm going to say cut up strips of People magazine in the shape of dollar bills. <laughs> but it might have been Ocean's Twelve. <laughs> None of you guys are right. Sorry. None of you guys are right. The answer is stones. They were filled oh. with stones. They duped the Met London Metal Exchange by replacing nickel with stones, which makes me think that no one's checking the bags, um, which is super, super great. <laughs> the next question does not feature Katie Martin. I'm going to read this one. And I actually don't know why this is a markets question, but here we go. Earlier this month, Italy held an emergency meeting after an unexpected price increase created a public outcry. What was it? I'll read that again. Ooh. Italy held an emergency meeting after an unexpected price increase created a public outcry. What was the outcry about? Olive oil. Or parmesan. Tiramisu. Food is a great guess. <laughs> definitely, definitely of the food variety. It was pasta. The price of pasta apparently has skyrocketed. Mm. It was up 17.5% in March, <gasps> year on year. And the best part of the story, and I did not know this, apparently the average Italian citizen eats 23 kilograms or 50 pounds of pasta every year, which is like 10 pounds less than That's what I eat. That's just James Watson Alicon, actually. Is this right? <laughs> um, okay, and then for our last bonus round question, right before you guys came up, I asked you guys to come up with a cryptocurrency name and sell me on it. I don't know if you guys could. 
but I'm interested to see what you came up with. Well, you're a cover crypto. Yeah, markets guy. Yeah. What do you got? Yeah. I'm going to put you on a real cryptocurrency. Oh, okay. Th this is one that actually exists. It's called Filecoin. Mark, do you need to store files? You got a lot of stuff on your computer, right? Can I interest you in a cryptocurrency file storage solution? When the price of the cryptocurrency goes up, you get more storage. And when it goes down, you get less storage. No. That's a real cryptocurrency. It's terrible. <laughs> I, I'm not interested in all of them. I'm sorry, Ethan. You lose. I thought there were no winners here. <laughs> That's right. Peter? We didn't have any time to prepare for this. I'm, I'm, because I am a, a consummate self-promoter, um, I'm going to go with Spiegelcoin. Spiegelcoin. <laughs> with your face on the... Exactly. You actually have a Slack icon I, I do. Uh, with your face well, on it, right? You're not supposed to talk about all this stuff Sorry, out, out in public. Um, yes. The, the, the disadvantages are getting slightly overweight and losing its hair, but on the upside, <laughs> has very strong opinions about things he knows nothing about. So. Fantastic. <laughs> and Janine? Um, I'm going to pitch you ScamCoin, which is a, a coin, a group, a collective effort dedicated solely to exposing the scam that is feeding. <laughs> Janine is our winner of this round, <laughs> and why not the entire game? Congratulations, Janine. Please have me back next year, even though I've made an ass of myself. All right, guys, so Janine and Peter are going to leave the stage. Thank you very much. Ethan, <laughs> round of applause for these guys. Ethan and I are going to take the rest of the segment home and talk about your new podcast Let's on Hedge, it. which is coming out June 13th. June 13th. It's basically kind of the audio version of uh, the newsletter, the award-winning newsletter award -winning. on Hedge that you write with Rob Armstrong. Um, and now you are my podcast competition, which makes you my mortal enemy. <laughs> and Well, since Peter Spiegel's listening officially, we are all complimentary offerings with a broader FT audio suite. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> That's the, the paychecks. We, we weren't terribly creative with the name, so we just took the newsletter name and just you know copy pasted it, it for the podcast. So yeah. tell tell people what this uh, what the new podcast is about, when it publishes, just yeah. the basics. Well, it's it's a twice weekly markets and finance show. Uh, Katie Martin, uh, other FT markets luminaries are just going to be discussing sort of the big stories of the week, uh, diving deep on you know some of our markets coverage. We have some of the best uh, reporters in the world uh, in all the major financial centers, and they're going to be on to to sort of explain uh, the big stories in finance. And it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be light. Uh, it's going to be 10 to 15 minutes, so quick as well. Nice. And as I understand, you guys have been doing pilots to practice, kind of like yes. practice rounds before the big launch. And uh, we're going to play a clip of one of those pilots now, and you'll provide the context after. Yeah, so this is with FT, FT Alphaville reporter Alex Skaggs. We're talking yeah. about commercial real estate. It's one of the big risks people perceive uh, to, to regional banks. Um, you know, people are worried about downturns. And there was a, there's an uh, inflammatory paper written by a very smart guy at NYU uh, okay. called The Coming Real Estate Office Apocalypse. Okay. That was his word. He did a lot of work on it and came up with apocalypse. Got uh, it. And that's the context for this discussion. All right, so we're going to play that now. Apocalypse is a big word, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, like a, a, mini, uh, a mini transition apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess every apocalypse is somebody else's opportunity. Right. I saw that in a sell side note the other day. <laughs> like a, a strategist was like, well, hey, the guys who bought residential mortgage-backed securities after the financial crisis did great. Yep. And I was like, oh no, like we've fallen back on this argument to say everything's okay. It's probably not a good sign. But uh, <laughs> capitalism keeps rolling on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Listen, if there's blood in the streets, bye. Yes. <laughs> I, I think that the, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the, kind of the point of this is to make markets, which can kind of be a daunting subject for someone like me who's not an expert, and make it more accessible and fun, right? Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I think another, you know, we wanted to bring the chit chat that we hear around the FC office to kind of a broader audience. Sure. Like, you know, we're all, we're all in this every day, you know, five to maybe seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, we, we have fun with it at the FT. And I think that's what makes the, the job fun. That's why people want to work there. And we wanted to bring some of that, you know, uh, the, the, the chit chat, the banter, what we're talking about to kind of a broader audience. Gotcha. Now, um, because we are journalists, we will speculate a little wildly about, about what are the top stories for the rest of the year and what you may be covering on the podcast from here on out. Well, I imagine we'll be talking about the regional banks. I mean, yes. th- th- this seems to be the real story du jour. And I mean, one of the conversations we've been having... In the for, F- for people who yeah. just like who don't know the background of the regional banks, just quick and dirty, wh- what's going on? Well, S- Silicon Valley Bank, man. Uh, yes. <laughs> run poorly, they failed. Uh, you know, and there have been a couple other bank failures since. Nothing huge. The J.P. Morgans and the Bank of Americas, they seem fine. Yep. But it's those kind of smaller banks, uh, re- regional banks, that loaded up on uh, you know, mortgage bonds and, and treasury bonds when interest rates were very low. They've gone up a huge amount in a very short period of time. And that's created losses for these banks. Some of them are not able to absorb those losses. And, and so they've fallen into FDIC, the FDIC's waiting arms. Um, but, you know, the question that we've been discussing at the FT is, uh, so is it over, right? Yeah. Like, I think the last bank failure was, what, two or three weeks ago now? Yes. It's, it's been a little bit. Um, is it going to roll on slowly, like the savings and loan crisis of, you know, a generation ago? Yeah. Or, uh, you know, have we kind of passed the, uh, have we passed the acute phase yet? I think that's really the debate that we're having. If I had to guess, if I had to speculate, speculate away, completely wildly, I, I, <laughs> I would say we're going to see we're going to see more to fall. Okay. Uh, and you know, Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, was quoted in, in Bloomberg saying uh, to, privately to bank officials, she expects more mergers uh, ahead. Some just uh, some of these smaller banks just don't necessarily have the balance sheets yeah. uh, to survive this higher interest rate world. If this is really what we're in uh, for the foreseeable future, is there any concern in the markets about all these mergers, especially because in the case of a bunch of these banks, they're being picked up by much larger banks? Yeah. This really becomes like a public policy discussion sure. about too big to fail and you know, all the echoes of, of 2008. I, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear we're in a system where most banks are, are too big to fail. Uh, that you know, the, the US regulators have an interest in maintaining financial stability. And if that's their mandate, they can't let a lot of stuff fail. They're, they're going to make it work one way or another. We've seen so far both public sector and private sector solutions where when a bank fails, sometimes the government will take it over fully. Sometimes, like with uh, recently a bank with J.P. Morgan uh, bought out that was brokered by the government. But, it, you know, it seems like a lot of banks are too big to fail these days. Sure. Okay, so the, uh, the bank crisis is one of the things that you're looking out for. What are some of the other ones? You know, I, I'm really, I'm really interested in what's going to happen with with Chinese growth this year. Uh, they've set a what I would call a, you know, expectations low in yeah. terms of the growth target. Five percent yeah. is what they've set for this year. You know, you set a low bar, maybe you overshoot it. I, but this I, is different yeah. because after the pandemic, they lifted their pandemic restrictions. There was a lot of anticipation that there was yes. going to be huge growth, right? Absolutely. So this is kind of different. Yeah, I, consumption has really bounced back a lot more slowly than a lot of folks were expecting. I remember writing, I, I wrote a newsletter earlier this year about all the big banks, Goldman, JP Morgan, Bank of America, they're like, get in on this. Yep. This China rally is going to be crazy. Yep. And it's been okay. Mm-hmm. It's, I think I called it ultimately forgettable. Uh, and you look at the stock chart, and that's really what it is. It's, it's up a little bit and then mostly sideways. Okay. Um, you know, I, 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 it's going to depend on whether they can reignite growth. And again, speculate wildly. And like, if I really knew more about this, I'd be investing. I love that you're caveating, uh, caveating all of this. Just like we're, we're unhedged. We're, yes, exactly. Unhedged, right. 
I, I, you know, there's been a lot of talk in the last 10 years about China is the bubble that has never burst. Right. Right. And I think there's a belief among some Western investors that, you know, uh, financial bubbles are like gravity and they have to, you know, uh, have a spectacular deleveraging and, and pop and it's a 2008 style sure. dramatic event. I think the, in the Chinese situation, you could have something different where ultimately the losses from having too much debt do need to be allocated somewhere. But they have a lot of room to do that. Mm -hmm. Where that ultimately shows up, though, is growth. Because someone has to take the loss, and that means a bad quarter, a bad year for that company. And that ultimately shows up in how quickly the economy is growing. Sure. Okay, so we've got China. We've mm -hmm. got U.S. banks. What else? Crypto. Is it going to come back? Right, Filecoin, yeah. Spiegelcoin, <laughs> Scamcoin, right? I'm, I'm buying Spiegelcoin. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think I have to. I, I think that's part of our job. Yeah, contractually obligated to buy Spiegelcoin. Yeah. That's how he's pumping up the price. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Getting the whole FT staff to buy it. Uh, I, I guess the question here is, is the, is the crypto winter going to be over? Right. Um, and, man, I Because mean, Bitcoin has fallen, what? It was... Yeah, it, it was down like to 15, I want to say 15,000 at the bottom. Right. It's back up now, I think 25, 27,000. It's recovered, uh, you know, a good amount. Yeah. Uh, it, the, the market's very thin. It's mm -hmm. not a ton of people that, that are trading this asset. Just I, for context, yeah. what was it at its height? So Ooh. it's 15,000, 20,000. I want to say 70,000. 70,000. So, so somewhere it's like a huge loss. So it's like a bad, bad thing. And that's, I think, exactly why uh, it's going to be harder to see the sort of 2021 Bitcoin bubble that, that, that we saw. Yep. Because uh, the, you know, the people that have looked at uh, the, the sort of loss profile, there have been uh, the majority of people that held Bitcoin by some studies have lost money on it. Those people skew younger. They skew uh, disproportionately people of color. Uh, a lot of the kind of the base of people that had bought into Bitcoin and pumped it up in that kind of final, you know, we're putting ads on the Super Bowl, Larry David's pumping up crypto. That era, I, I think enough people have been burned that you're not going to see a full reinflation the way you did in 2021. Obviously, monetary policies changed as well. Low yep. interest rates were a huge help to, to Bitcoin, and that's really yeah, no longer the case. Gone. That's gone. Yeah. That's long, long gone. Okay. So crypto, U.S. banks, China, for your last wild speculation, what do you got? Yeah, last wild speculation. Um, I don't know. I think uh, this AI rally, it's, you know, mm. it's ChatGPT is, uh, it's on everyone's lips. Can't, can't stop hearing about I can't AI. go do it. Can we stop? Can we all agree to just, not talk just about like it? Just like a day. <laughs> Even, we, in fact, we're doing it now. So. We're doing it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it pervades. It's like the, the, the old Trump rule, right? You can't go any conversation without it just appearing somewhere. Yep. Um, you know, I think the, the, I'm not a tech analyst. I don't really know exactly what the applications are going to be. But the, the, the stock market performance has been, I, I think, really hard to, to believe. The entire market in the U.S. is being propped up by five or six stocks that are all AI-centric. Yeah. So NVIDIA, Microsoft, Google, these guys. Yep. Um, if you take those out of the market, the market's down actually quite a bit. Uh, not, not a ton, but you know, single-digit percentage less points impressive. down this year. Yeah, it's much less much impressive. Much less impressive. Yes. Much less impressive. And so when you have that kind of one theme, that, that one hype being the thing propping up the market, I don't know if that's necessarily uh, sustainable. I also think investors are the worst people at assessing the, you know, the potency of technology. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not really, they're, in some ways, it's not their wheelhouse. So I think like in the Japan story, you might see uh, an overshoot and a correction, uh, which isn't to say AI is not for real. But I think it is to say that, uh, you know, maybe you don't want to buy the AI stock rally toward the tail end. Then again, though, maybe you're getting in early on Amazon. I think that's what a lot of people are hoping, at least. Ethan is not allowed to give stock. <laughs> this is, none of this is actually you should. I'm a contrarian indicator. Do the opposite Do the of what opposite. I say. You'll, yeah. you'll make money. Yeah. Uh, Ethan, I think we're all excited for your podcast. It's unhedged again. You can find it June 13th, wherever you find your podcasts, uh, on FT.com, I FT. think. FT.com, all the podcast all apps, podcasts. wherever you get your podcasts now. Good to have you on the podcast, family. Thanks so much, Mark. Uh, I want to thank Ethan. I want to thank all our guests. I want to thank our audience. 
I want to thank a bunch of other people for the podcast recording that we're doing. Cheryl Brumley, the global head of audio, our uh, executive producer, Topher Forges, producer, Sonia Hudson, Alec Russell, who kindly introduced us before, our guest, Peter, Janine, Ethan, our engineer, Sam Giovinco, the folks at FT Live and the Kennedy Center, and our great audience. Thanks again. That was a special live episode of the FT News Briefing recorded at FT Weekend Fest in Washington, D.C. a few weeks ago. And just as a reminder, you can listen to Ethan Wu's new podcast on Hedge starting Tuesday, June 13th, wherever you get your podcasts. The Briefing will be back tomorrow morning with the latest business news. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc., Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.